Advent can feel like a strange season of the year. It's not quite Christmas, even though it may look like it around us. We're looking forward to the birth of Jesus, even though he was already born a long time ago. And we're looking forward to his return, even though in reality, he's always been with us. The season of Advent has this odd tension between the already and the not yet. Well, today, Pastor Sally Campbell Evans, our Minister of Congregational Care, kicks off our Advent season with some reflections on what it means to wait, watch, and hope for fresh evidence of the presence of Jesus that is yet to come, but already here. Stick around after the sermon for some next steps that you can take this Advent season. For many years, my grandmother, Sarah, lived at 1212 8th Street in Palmetto, Florida. In the 1940s, when she moved there with my grandfather and my father, her only child, it was a small, sleepy agricultural town. My grandmother lived there for most of her adult life, and she was a kind and gentle woman whom I always adored for many reasons. But as a child, I was most amused by her regular one-liners or sayings. Like if you were sitting in front of her, in front of her, and she was trying to watch TV, she would say, well, Sally, you've been drinking muddy water again, haven't you? Because she couldn't see through me. Or if one of my three brothers let out a belch after the evening meal, she'd say something like, something you ate, no doubt, or there's more room out than in. My parents were not real fond of those sayings. She was an uncomplicated woman born in 1892, and she rode her three-wheeled bicycle through town, particularly to Smith's department store where she worked, where she worked until she was 90 years old. I'm pretty sure that the last 15 or 20 years, she simply folded and refolded the men's t-shirts and greeted people. But like I said, she was a kind and gentle woman. Visiting her in Palmetto was always fun, partly because we never knew what saying was gonna come out of her mouth next. But for me, and for my brother Scott, the fourth child, closest to me in age, the fifth child, the, for the two of us, the scariest part of visiting her was that she lived smack next door to the old city cemetery. That's right, the only thing separating her house from the cemetery was a little bit of a ditch and a train track. It was very spooky. But having that train come through on the track every day, sometimes more than once a day, well, that was one of the best parts of visiting her. And Scott and I would wait with great anticipation for the train to come. And sometimes the train would come through in the morning, but in my memory, it most often came through in the late afternoon when we would hear the whistle blow far off in the distance. And once that sound was heard, even if we were playing over at a neighbor's house or inside playing a game, Scott and I would run to the edge of the yard right near that ditch and wait, giggling and getting more and more excited as we heard the train rapidly moving along the tracks. Yes, we waited with wild anticipation, longing and joy for the train to pass, hoping that the conductor would see us and once again wave at us and tip his hat and blow that whistle long and loud. It always gave us a thrill. What are you waiting for these days? 
What are you standing on tiptoe at the edge of your yard hoping for? What are you longing for deep in your heart? Are you waiting for a train or plane to arrive with a loved one coming to visit? Are you waiting for the final school bell to ring so you can be released for Christmas break? Are you waiting for some news from a doctor, hoping that the cancer is in remission? Are you waiting for some reconciliation or resolution to an impasse in a conflicted situation at home? Are you waiting for love and joy and peace to enter the world in new and real ways? Friends, welcome to the season of Advent, this four-week season of time when we are invited to watch and wait with anticipation and great expectation for God's power and love to be among us again in new and hope-filled ways. Today is the first Sunday of Advent, and we do not begin with a baby in a manger and the first coming of the Messiah, but rather with a kind of cosmic focus and images of the second coming of Jesus. The passage we just read from Mark is apocalyptic, and it's important to remember that the intent of apocalyptic literature in general, and this passage specifically, is not so much to prepare for the end of time or to ensure that we are rapture ready, but rather the intent is to bring hope, to bring hope to desperate people and to focus expectations on the revelation of God in the here and now. Yes, it's about living in the present with faith and readiness. Now, it might seem strange to do it this way or a bit out of sequence, but it's quite fitting because it connects us to those who awaited the birth of Jesus, the Messiah. And in truth, neither those who waited for the first coming of the Messiah, nor those of us who await his return, know when he will appear. Yes, Advent is the season of waiting. And so what are we waiting for? We are waiting for God to show up. We're waiting for God to show up because we know you know, I know that deep in our hearts, this world is not as it should be. There's still a lot of darkness or shadows that get in the way of the light of Christ. Yes, there's still so much work to be done. The work of justice, the work of empathy, the work of listening, the work of naming, the work of reconciliation. As people of faith, we recognize that we live in this in-between time, the already and the not yet. I mean, Christ has already come, but the fulfillment of God's reign has not fully happened. And this truth is precisely why this season of Advent is critically important for our faith today as much as ever. A Lutheran pastor and Yale professor John Stendhal put it this way, the coming of Advent jolts the church out of ordinary time so we can acknowledge more deeply the ways that we still need God's anointed one to come. It is the season that we proclaim God has come into the world and is actively at work in the world, but God has not finished making all things well, making all things new, making all things whole. So how are we going to wait in this season of Advent this year? I mean, are we simply gonna 
start counting the next 22 days until Christmas Day appears. I mean, maybe driving through the neighborhoods, checking out the lights, but just letting the days roll on by in a passive sort of way? Or are we actively peering out the windows of our hearts, searching the horizon for examples of Christ activity in the world? Are we coming to church or watching online because this is that special time of year when we light candles and sing our favorite carols? Or is it more than that? Are we joining with the Advent wreath liturgy and praying for a manifestation of light and hope in this world? Waiting can be passive or it can be active. And our text tells us to keep alert, keep awake. Three times it says it. In effect, keep active. One pastor asked it this way. Are we waiting for Christmas or are we waiting for Christ? Waiting for Christ to come or to come again requires something more. It requires an expectant watchfulness because you never know when Christ will appear. So let's look at our text for a minute. What's going on in this unusual reading from Mark's Gospel? To start, many scholars agree that Mark's Gospel was the first of the Gospels to actually be written down, probably sometime between 66 and 70 AD, just 30 years after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. It was also a time of revolt. The Jewish community led an uprising against the awful Roman Empire, and the Roman army then came and reconquered the city, killing many Jews. And then they destroyed the great temple, where they believed it to be God's dwelling place. It was devastating. So the writer was living through this turmoil and remembered the words of Jesus Christ from a generation earlier, when Jesus was foretelling the destruction of the temple. Now imagine you are one of those original hearers or readers of the gospel. So with smoke and dust in your eyes and destruction still in view, Jesus' words seem to relate so well to the suffering of your present moment. Can you see what the author is trying to say to his people? To these Christ followers who are going through this time of devastation and no doubt a crisis of faith, basically he's saying, yes. The days have been filled with violence and suffering. Yes, it is so dark, it feels like the sun cannot penetrate through it, and the moon, it doesn't even shine. Many are wondering if this is the end. And then he adds, out of the clouds, you will see the Son of Man coming with great power and glory. This war will not be the end of you, and this violence will not be the last word. God and God's angels are coming. This, my friends, is a message of hope for those who are incredibly hopeless. Through Mark's gospel, Jesus is saying, the pain and suffering you are experiencing will not be the last word. It's a bit of comfort and even good news for those hearers of Mark's gospel. But what about us today? What about those Christ followers who hear these words on the first Sunday of Advent and who are going through their own personal struggles? I hope they, I hope we, I hope you are encouraged. That's right. Let's keep watch and remember that in Jesus, God came all the way down to earth to be with us, 
Emmanuel. He came to a mother's womb and to a lowly manger. And he also lived and taught. And then he came to the cross and to the grave. And because God came all the way to be with us, his disciples could see and know that God did not just hold the beginning of creation in God's hands, and God did not just hold their current day in God's hands either. Rather, Jesus promised his disciples that God even holds the end of the world, the end of all time, in God's hands too. Now, let me just say, this does not mean that somehow everything is suddenly magically okay. That would be short-sighted. But Jesus's words, this apocalyptic poetry, if you will, in Mark's gospel, it can birth and nurture in you and in me some tough Advent hope. A hope that looks and sounds kind of like how that fifth century African Bishop Augustine once spoke of it. He said, hope has two lovely daughters, anger and courage. Anger at the way things are, and courage to declare that they do not have to remain that way. Indeed, this is the kind of tough, resilient, honest hope that is expressed by Jesus. It's the kind of hope that calls all of us to be in here in this world working together with the desire for honest speech between us, still holding each other as family and as neighbor, determined to be tools of God's healing work in this world. So what are we waiting for this Advent? What are we standing on tiptoe searching for? Signs of hope. Signs of hope. That's what I'm looking for. And I have noticed such hope in our church family recently in so many ways. Like when over 200 Hyde Parkers served at the Metropolitan Ministries holiday tent recently. Or when the Harness Center opened up as a cold night shelter this week for two nights, giving 80 people warmth and a place to sleep on a very cold night. Or when our church bus was used last month to carry a family of 11 Congolese refugees from the airport to their new home in New Tampa after they'd been living in a refugee camp for nearly 20 years in another African country? Or what about when one of our care team members drove many miles out of her way to visit some of our elderly out-of-town members just to bring them some holiday hope? Or just recently, after the board of the county commission wiped out $8 million worth of funding for affordable housing, our justice team is now showing us how to get more involved and to make a hopeful impact in our community. So this Advent, I'm waiting and watching for more signs of hope from you and from our community. Because hope, hope gives us the fuel that we need to stay alert. Hope gives us the energy to remain ready to welcome Christ into our midst. It is hope that keeps us awake and aware and noticing God's activity in the world. So welcome to Advent, friends. Listen, I think I hear a train whistle far off in the distance. Will you pray with me? Oh, Holy One, we hear you 
and we notice your activity in the world. Today, we ask that whether we face tough roads or easy roads up ahead, may we never stop watching for you, for you are the hope of the world. And today, remind us of Augustine's words from many years ago, hope has two lovely daughters, anger and courage, anger at the way things are, and courage to make a change. So move in us so we can help bring hope to places of need during this season and always. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Pastor Sally's message is a beautiful and powerful reminder to watch for the signs of hope that Jesus comes to bring to us this Advent and Christmas. What are ways that you can be a person of hope over the coming weeks? We invite you to check out the Next Steps page on our website and the reflection questions in the description box below. I'm Agre De Vega, the senior pastor of Hyde Park United Methodist. Thanks for joining us and see you next time.